When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Picture it, Radical Ones. It's 2004. I'm about to graduate high school and a remake of my favorite movie comes out. Find out what your Radical Retro Brothers thought about it in today's new episode. It's time to get radical. Ensure all residences are secure with all doors and windows firmly locked and barricaded. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Not people. Brains. They're us. We're them. They're us. Oh, my God. You are dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. The pain of being dead. Were you bitten? Were you bitten? Did any of the blood get in your mouth? They have overrun us, you know. We're in the minority now. Something like 400,000 to one by my calculation. The father, my father, always say, when the earth spit out the dead, they will come back to suck the blood from the living. When there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk you. It's another one for the fire. Welcome back, Radical Ones, to another episode of the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. As always, I am your host, Radical Ryan Hunter, and I am joined by everyone's favorite brother and mine, David, for today's episode. Welcome back, David, to the Summer of the Dead. Well, hello, hello. I hope everyone's feeling reanimated. Well, did you bring your caffeine and did you bring your jogging shorts? Because we got some runners today, David. We got the running zombies. I have done. Dutch Bros here, my famous Dutch oh, Bros. Oh, this is the coffee you were talking about, right? Keto cold brew, because I'm I'm on that, you know, Atkins, Keto, South Beach, starve yourself, but eat a pound of bacon, die, you know, one of them. I'm sorry for all the vegetarians that might be listening. I, I'm trying really hard. I lost 15 pounds, but I've been stuck. That is amazing. I mean, the, honestly, that's amazing. I'm wasting away to a ton here now, people. I'm wasting away to a ton instead of a ton and 15 pounds. God. Anyway. This is wonderful. We got cold brew, which kind of comes up with the Hollow Grounds coffee shop in this movie. And we got meat. Just because people are zombies. Be- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're all just meat running around here. So, yes, this is 2004's remake 
of Dawn of the Dead. We have talked countless times about the original Dawn of the Dead. Matter of fact, in our first season, we did a episode, of course, on the 1978 classic. I mean, it's my favorite movie, the original one of all time. And when this came out, I know we were excited. I mean, we'll definitely get into it, but it is not a bad remake. I mean, we talk about a few remakes this summer. We did Night of the Living Dead and things like that. I think along that lines, decent remake. What are your general feelings about this movie? I actually really like it. I think it's a standalone film. It doesn't necessarily have to be part of the rest of the genre or the rest of like Romero's setup. You know what I mean? So obviously it's very much like the original in the sense of it takes place in a mall. It's just modernized. It's obviously a big budget film. The zombies are not like anything we've seen. They're like souped up zombies. They run really, really, really fast. They're very highly aggressive. They're not just coming by you and grabbing you and and they're literally like uber zombies that are they're hardcore and this is funny because in the movie Zombieland one of the rules of engagement is to be flexible and be in shape because you have to run from zombies however these zombies are still more uber fast and whatever than the zombies in Zombieland too later on when the large bloated zombie comes when she reanimates she goes beyond probably anything in her life that she was able to run so god I, I i would imagine right it seems like they just it doesn't matter your limitations in life let's just say you just don't backpedal now you called her fat and out of shape don't backpedal now how dare you when she you got up pretty I'm quick i was rooting for you do you know that all of america was rooting for you ryan until you made a fat joke about the bat loaded zombie woman that was in a wheelbarrow for god's sake she was in a she wasn't a wheelbarrow. Listen, she it's the best way to travel. If you don't have a car or a golf cart, best way to travel, wheelbarrow pushing. But I get the one with the, the two game. wheels. I have the one with the two wheels to keep it stable, not the one wheel in the Definitely. Center. Definitely. Especially when transporting people like that. So if we weren't canceled over a dirty shame, this will be the one. <laughs> this, this is the one. Officials have declared a state of emergency. Everybody they kill gets up and kills. Residents are advised to find a safe place and stay there. I've just been informed that we are going off the air and switching to the emergency broadcasting system. Look up the road, there's a lot more of them. Why are they coming here? Maybe they're coming for us. Sooner or later, they're going to get in here. Our baby's going to be fine. It's only a matter of time. It's coming. They'll find a way in. Oh, God. When they were doing this remake, David, they developed the film rather as a re-envisioning of the original Dawn of the Dead, aiming to regenerate the zombie genre for more modern audiences. They were given the original rights by producer Richard P. Rubenstein, is who is the one who still has the rights from the original Dawn of the Dead, and he's the one holding these rights for a ransom, basically, for countless and countless amounts of money. Then, David, James Gunn, who is 
extremely popular for doing Guardians of the Galaxy now. But at the time, he had written the two Scooby-Doo or the Scooby-Doo live-action movies. And so this was heavily criticized that he was going to be doing this film. And then they hired Zack Snyder, who is also a huge movie person. He started out as a music video director. And now he has done Watchmen, Superman, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, Justice League, Sucker Punch, and then David Army of the Dead that was just on Netflix, which was originally going to be many years ago a sequel to this movie, but never ended up happening. Started at the bottom, now we're here. So, I mean, really, a, a strong, a strong writing and directing team. So, I thought the other thing, David, that was cool before this movie came out, this is one of those only movies, I think, that showed the first 10 minutes on TV. I remember back in the day, USA, they showed the first 10 minutes five days before the film came out. And we got to the part where Anna crashes in the car right before the title starts, which was, I think, a really uh, original way of marketing a film. But it must have worked because it topped the box office in the United States opening weekend of March 19th, 2004, and went on to gross $102.3 million worldwide against a budget of $26 million. And then upon release, it received generally favorable reviews from film critics, whom some consider an improvement over its predecessor in terms of acting production values and scares although others found it lacking in character development gory and indifferent to the social political subtext of the original one totally with the subtext that you were saying about we've talked about how romero's feeling about big government a little bit in, in other podcasts we've talked about and we'll be talking about you know the movies the kind of black and white thing the bigotry and and phobias and fears and different things and they do touch upon a little bit in the movie like when vain rames says something to the effect of they're us and we're them sort of a thing which seems to always seems to come up in these movies where you tend to because of the savagery of the zombies that you discard them but even though they're emulating the most basic primal thing they're devouring they're destroying and they are they're us in many ways just like we devour society and people and and resources i mean honestly it is like a social commentary or or something to be said about that but Anna is our main character, played by Sarah Polly, a married nurse. I love, though, how quickly this movie starts into the action. We kind of get the character development of this is Anna, young nurse. She goes home to her husband. And David, since the beginning of this film's release, it has killed me that till this day, people say that Vivian, the neighbor zombie that comes to attack them, is their daughter. She clearly says, say hello to your mom for me, okay? Can I look? I can go backwards. All right, see. Hey, that's amazing. Maybe tomorrow after work I'll do a few backward laps around the block with you, okay? Okay. All right. Careful now, I gotta pull in. Say hey to your mom for me, okay? Okay. And literally to this day, I looked up the clips and it says, daughter attacks father and mother in Dawn of the Dead. I know she comes into the house somehow, I guess. Maybe it's like a neighborhood. They leave the door open, but this is not her daughter. This is the neighbor's kid. That's weird because people, maybe because it's more to traumatizing. To this day. But maybe it's day. more traumatizing because it would be because they're thinking it's their own 
child, like it's more traumatizing. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you for a second. I want to rewind a few minutes. So the movie. Yeah, I was starts... gonna say yeah. I'm all over the place, but yes. So the movie starts with a, a song from Johnny Cash, right? This man go around comes around comes around. Well done, like super cool. I I I this this invokes so many feelings in me. I don't know what to say about it. Johnny Cash is definitely definitely has some profound things that he sings about and talks about in his music. So definitely cool. You start with a nurse that's been well over her shift. I can relate to that. And doctor being so whatever, nonchalant. Hey, Cora, can you do me a favor and locate a patient for me? Yeah, I'm sure. Edward Solomon? Yeah. Aren't you off? An hour ago. <laughs> Here he is. They had him backwards. Solomon Edward, he's upstairs in ICU. From a bite? I don't know what from. Toxicology's gonna work him up in the morning. Okay, I'm gonna get out of here. C- can you do me a favor? Can you page Dr. Dandor on that remote? Sure. Thanks. Okay, so one thing that always bothered me about this whole movie, you're gonna laugh. Having I been, think I know. You what know you're what it is. Say. Having worked in an ICU myself and been in nursing with all the bile and feces and urine and everything else she crawls into bed with her man with the same scrubs that she had on during this whole the c diff the staff oh my god that right there she should have been eaten immediately as far as i'm concerned (laughs) that is one of my notes david i'm so glad and especially yes because you did work in a hospital but i thought the same this is not just because of our modern times of covid this is before covid i was just i was actually gagging because i've had people pee on me and blood splattered and everything else they say if you swab a nurse's nose for things, you're going to find every possible disease and germ in the nasal oh, cavity. No. That's why the, oh, that's, God. but I never got sick when I was in the hospital. My immune system was always up running like crazy. Like, oh, yeah. by the way, yeah. you, you know, you've been, in, you've been in a 12 hour shift on a one-to-one with this patient and they have tuberculosis. Good luck. You know, it's like, okay, thanks. Anywho, wah, wah for me. Yes, it's, 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 it's a quick setup. You see her waving to the neighbor girl saying she wants to show her how she gates and then kind of sets up her character she she's likable she's a very likable she's character. hardworking she's likable, but she's also not gonna take crap yes she yes. has she gets home she has a love making scene with her man which by the way the actors that played anna and her husband said that they made fun of this scene because no one kisses in shower sex they said well if yeah if the one they person, get right into what it if, what if the they one, get right well, into it what if the one person is turned the other way <laughs> let's just say i don't want to how, how do i put this we've all most of us have had sex before if not i'm sorry i'm not trying to be graphic if one person is behind the other person then yes maybe you wouldn't be kissing them if they're they are a romantic couple i think this was trying to show well the other thing is maybe they're talking about the water loving s- couple. The, the water spraying your face like yeah there's a there's a comment about how i wouldn't miss date night i thought maybe you'd gone out with the girls or, or something what missed date night? And it's funny they're doing idle chit chat, which is nice. She says Cora, one of the nurses, she thinks is secretly seeing a man, but she doesn't want to tell her about it yet. And then you also see two important things. Anna slips up twice. One, she's driving home. And the radio, she flips the radio yes, station. This is something I probably point. would have done. They're starting to talk about non-isolated incidents. Then when they're having their shower sex scene, the TV goes to emergency broadcast, and then we'll bring you back to your regular, scheduled program. Now, here's But do the you third think that TV that... honestly would have ever gone back to the regular scheduled program, though? So Anna 
making love with her man. She wakes up, the, the husband wakes up or the boyfriend or husband wakes up and you see the neighbor girl who somehow got into their house. Lock your doors. Hide your kids, hide your wife and hide your husbands because they're zombifying everybody out here. I am assuming this is why people think it is their daughter, but, and, and you know, her husband even says Vivian's here. Well, you need to get over that. Let's move on from your, your, I it's, don't know it's why. It okay, just it's over, Sophia. You're not in the barn anymore, Sophia. Just get over yourself. So Vivian, <laughs> the neighbor girl, we've, we've said enough times, the neighbor's kid. Baby, along for me, okay? Vivian she's here. She's is here, here. <laughs> and he sees that her face must have been bit, like her mouth was bitten by a zombie. Vivian's here. Vivian, honey, sweetie, are you okay? The Walking Dead did that little girl zombie with Rick in the pilot episode. So yes, I yes. think they got the inspiration from this. But anyway. Yes. From the neighbor's girl. Right. Yes. Yes. yes the neighbor. Vivian, the neighbor's girl. So anyway, do you think that Anna left the door open because she was so tired from working at the long shift? She had enough energy to have that sex. And, and no, she, maybe maybe she was maybe she's dead, dead in bed. Maybe she just laid there. I don't know. I hope she changed the comforters before. This Ugh. is what I'm worried about. This is what I'm worried Listen, about. Listen, there are hotel rooms that <laughs> Hotel that are rooms. cleaner than, Listen, than her hotel bed. rooms that charge by the hour are cleaner than what was on Anna's scrubs. I'm sorry. <laughs> and you know this must be a thing, David, because her husband's already in bed, and yet he takes the shower again with her. So I guarantee you, he came home from work and this <laughs> he went into bed too. That's the thing. He probably That's did the thing. check. You know where you take your hand and put in your pants and you rub the side of your your. <laughs> And you smell it to see if you're if you're fresh or not. He did the check. Listen, guys out there, you know what I'm talking about. Don't tell me you haven't done it. (laughs) So Vivian. Okay, so I'm done. Vivian bites. What's his name? Because he has a Lewis. Bites Lewis in the neck. He starts bleeding. Anna pushes her off of him and locks the door. And 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 Vivian immediately starts attacking the door. Grabs the keys, though. Would you in this moment have even thought of grabbing the car keys? I have learned that you are supposed to leave your car keys next to your nightstand because in case an emergency, someone breaks in or there's an emergency, you can grab your keys and get into your car immediately without trying to find your, your keys. So this is sensible advice people yes you should leave your car keys by your bedside with your phone would you have thought of it though would you if anna in that moment when lewis jumped up would you have thought to grab your i mean it's great for the character but would you have actually thought in that moment yes probably i probably would have and the reason why is because she puts her car keys there for a reason she probably is that okay you know what you're right this shows that this is a thing for her okay yes i accept she's a nurse she's organized she's like methodical about certain things and the other thing is it sounds horrible. I love my family. You know I love my family. But I got to be honest with you. If I knew for sure that this creature girl bit my husband's neck and he turned out, I would bludgeon my husband to death. I already told my husband, if that ever happened, kill me and throw me out the window. Put me in a hefty bag. I don't care. I would not harm my other. My and wife. I would do the same to you. <laughs> that's what she says. I tell him, till death do you die. That's one of our. Oh. I said, that's my wedding vow. Thicker for thicker or thinner, till death do you die. David, now you know, you have this here on evidence so they will go back and play this tape off a bit of something that happened. I would to Mike. never, I, I would never want. 
I would let's put it this way. I would never want if this was if this was a real reality, I would never want to put my children or anybody else in my husband in harm's way knowing that right. I was going to be this come a creature. I would rather you put me down. Right. Lock me away if that makes you feel better, but I would have had no problem bludgeoning him. Here's the Feed thing. Me. Here's Feed the me. Feed me if you must. Here's the thing though, with this type of zombie, they're like uber strong, uber fast, and uber crazy. So I, I she was startled, clearly. Clearly she was so startled. So is this why we said how logical she is, but then why does she bang on the glass window in the shower? This has always been my problem since the beginning of seeing this movie. Because she's shocked. She she's, on, she's, she, she's a bit in shock. She's a bit in shock. Because having been a nurse, I don't know, like, I know having worked in an ICU and literally, how do I put this? It stays with you. I honestly, I still oh, have I flashbacks. It. It's like war probably. Have you, ever, have you ever tried resuscitating someone that's been dead already? Yeah, it's pretty scary. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty traumatizing. Yeah, I can see if she was a trauma nurse, she'd be able to deal more with, but when it's your loved one or your child, it's totally different. However, that said, yeah, I did say open the effing window already, Anna. What's wrong with it? If you have the sense to get out the window and grab your keys, you have the sense to open that That's window. what I'm saying. If she has the sense to grab those keys, clearly she now, is Now, for me, I would have said grab the top of the toilet tank that. because... My fat self is not going to fit out that window. If anything, I'm going to try to get out it, and the zombie's going to be eating my legs and feet and probably my pecker, because I won't fit any further than... It's a close call, though, David. I if This movie has a lot of those moments, and actually with Anna, too, that you feel like she's going to get her feet I thought, if, and Yeah, like and she had no shoes on, too, so that's... Mm, that's... This must have been a Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> look, look. I kept thinking about that. I said, ooh, someone's going to love this right now. (laughs) So she gets on the run, David. And again, this is a fantastic opener because it captures that energy, I think, of the original one when, bam, we cut to Fran right in the middle of a zombie apocalypse in the original one. This one, her whole neighborhood, it's being, you know, all at once, everyone's having their own issues, which is really- They pan away at some point and you see like fires going and zombies running up to people and people in disbelief and you also see lewis running out the front door to and he almost puts his fist through her window and and he's chasing her like on super speed he's he's the uber zombie until he sees another person that's close enough to him to attack love that because it's really realistic yeah, because these are meant to just want to eat. So I love that it's not, he's not just focused on Anna. He Anyone will do. Great cut. I remember when she stops at the bus and she's kind of shocked. I always wondered, there's a naked woman just dazed? She doesn't look like a zombie? Is that, who knows? I, I guess this happens. I know, but you also see in the back of the bus, zombies ripping apart a person in the glass. And then you see the driver who tries to get in to get help. And she pushes him out of the way. Yeah. Because <laughs> she, she thinks he could be, he, he could be a zombie. He could be a zombie. Yeah. And there's people asking her like a mother asking to or or, or a woman asking can to you for help? help can you help she says can you help it's, it's terrible it's very traumatic it's very traumatic and then she does go off the road and hits a tree night of the living dead style <laughs> as she wakes up she comes to a very muscular large police officer ken played by ving rames who guaranteed i guess ken has to be a homage to ken foray who played peter i'm assuming the name hopefully and then he says say something and she says please and he knows that she's not a zombie and then yes. he kind of starts walking off and she follows him i wasn't sure if he was waiting for her to go with him or she just said oh this man's got a weapon he's a big guy i'm gonna go follow him because he pauses for a second and then he starts yep. walking again it's almost like you want to come come you don't you don't i don't care at this point what but at the same time do you see how he leaves right after that when they come across michael andre and luda luda 
When I move, you move. Just like that. Not Ludacris. Luda. Yeah, I know I'm gonna say Luda. But Luda. He kind of just walks past them. So I kind of got the feeling that even with Anna, maybe, he would have just... Whatever, like you said, if you're following me, you follow him. If not, you're not. Because Jake Weber, who I love, David. I mean, he went on to play in Medium, one of, you know, my favorites. And Mackay Pfeiffer plays Andre, the streetwise expected father. And of course, we get Luda, who is Andre's pregnant wife. So ding, we check the Fran pregnant lady from Dawn of the Dead. They say they're going to... To the mall. It's pretty bad. What about Fort Pastor? Maybe if you had wings, the road stick with those motherfuckers that way. How do you know? We just tried. Come on. Back when there was eight of us. We're going to the mall. But you also find out that Ken, the, the officer, is trying to go to Fort Pastors, oh, yeah. Pastors. Pastors, yep. And they tell him, you don't want to go that way, officer. You don't want to go that way, officer, he tells him. And it's because the, he says, we went that way when there was eight of us. And now there's only Great quote. Them. I always thought that was a great quote, too, because there's the three of them now. So it's like, yeah, well, guess what? We were a bigger group. They see the mall. They pan to the mall. And there's two things that stick out for me. One, it's called the Crossroads Mall. Now, does anybody feel like they're at a crossroads? Great. Great to me, that was point. very profound. I don't know if they were going for that. I'm assuming they were. This is a crossroads. So, and then you know, Ryan, what you, what were you going to say about the other name of the store? Right outside, yes, David's right. Galen Ross is our department store, and it's seen outside, but it's also seen inside. And that, of course, is our Franny because she's one of the people who turned down to cameo from the original. I think she kind of had her loyalty to Romero. But this was Galen Ross. I love that, and actually. Actually, David, doesn't her name sound great as a department store? It yeah. fits. What was that place that you worked for that you did? Wasn't it a women's store? Like you did overnight for them or something? Oh, Gilly Hicks. Yes. Yes. Gilly Hicks. Oh, Gailey and Ross. Gilly Hicks. Gilly Hicks is out of business too. Mm. This was an abandoned mall, by the way, in Toronto. So this actually was a mall that was going to be demolished after this. So they said you could do whatever you want inside. I love that. that I kind of wish the mall got to stay open because much like original Dawn of the Dead, Monroeville Mall at least is still there. But this one got destroyed. Anyway, it's the, it's the way the world is going. All the malls are being shut down. One day, this is going to be a retro topic too. One day malls. I thought this was great too. Keep in mind, they filmed this movie in continuity order because of Zack Snyder being a commercial director. He thought he started on page one. <laughs> And they actually shot in an order, which I think is fantastic for an actor. You get to actually experience the movie as opposed to, oh, let me just jump to this scene when I'm having this emotional crisis, but I don't know any of these people yet. You know what I mean? So I I think that's great. I think it's amazing. It's really great for the actors because you're you're in your moment and having to film a happy scene right after a sad scene, right after an action scene, then you're supposed to calm down. I guess that's why they call it acting. And that's why really great actors get paid big bucks. But there's something to be said for that although the thing is with that kind of stuff it does sometimes hold up production sometimes it's more expense 
but maybe not because the mall was there. It wasn't like anybody was going in it, and that was That's their primary true. backdrop. So they could kind of be doing it back to back to back to back to back. You know what? That's true because Dawn of the Dead, the original one, they filmed at night and had to take down the Christmas decorations at the time and then re-put them up before the next day. So this one, you could kind of just film at your leisure, which is great. So that is kind of cool, especially for the actors. They break into the mall. Get into the mall, yes. Unlike our original Dawn of the Dead, David, this mall is not overrun. So I guess the security that we meet later actually did a good job because they locked things up. Or it was before mall hours or whatever the case is. They didn't have to go on a spree of killing zombies in this dawn. So we come across the three next characters, which are Michael Kelly as CJ, Kevin Ziggers as Terry, and Michael Barry as Bart, who looks like a Bart. He definitely gives me a Bart vibe. <laughs> They're the, the mall security. CJ is kind of a douche. Set up as a yes, possibly like a villainous character until later on, I feel like. So, and they break into the mall. There is a zombie, one zombie attack where they do shoot the zombie in in the, the water <laughs> it's, it's one of the it's one of the other security guards that didn't make it and he's twitching. ben cozy i think his name is it's ben cozy and so they start checking the entrances to mall and they realize shatterproof glass which is a great deterrent for zombies to break in because they can't break the glass technically i guess also for story wise too yeah i think that was added in well you know this makes it a little more realistic well because also you don't have to barricade like in the original they had to take big rigs to which was an ingenious idea to block the all. Deleted scenes from this, David, that I was kind of checking out. There was a few scenes where they are seen putting tables and things in front of the glass, like the original one. So I kind of would have loved to have that included, but I get that they could have cut that out because it was a second and we kind of established that, okay, it's for shatterproof. That's why we're not going to do this. But something about that makes it very, very zombie movie to me when you start barricading those doors up. Listen, this wasn't this wasn't Friday the 13th where she had to tie Window. a rope to the doorknob up into the rafters to, to keep Jason out. Anyway. I mean, honestly, Alice, we speak your name. That was still a great move. The security guards keep our characters at bay. And this is when we kind of see them watching the TVs for the first time and seeing what's happening around the world. We get our cameos. So here's the funny thing. So they, they fight off one of the zombies. They check the glass and everything is locked up on the first floor. They do come across one zombie. They sweep yes. the... They sweep the part of the mall, which depending on how big a mall is, would be insane. They check all the doors to make sure they're locked and all the gates are closed. Michael goes into the sporting goods shop because the door is open and realizes there are zombies. There's a zombie in there. He ends up killing it. And then they go to the elevator and you're listening to the silly elevator music because that comes up like two or three times, I think, in the movie. And then they open the door and they're faced with guns from these security guards that you had mentioned. They tell them to find someplace else. They're like, there is no place. They like, we don't care. And I honestly believe that CJ kind of is the reason why he is is because he he's actually believe it or not smart enough to realize that people that are turning could turn on you and kill you where he's like I don't want to die basically he's like you're going to let the wrong which also comes into the you're letting in the wrong people it's a very interesting way of saying something which totally ties into what is the wrong type of people but in this case it's almost justified you're letting in someone that's diseased that would end up killing everybody so totally different but it's still a play on words a little bit. He kind of almost thought that this was going to go back to normal and he was protecting the mall for his job too. 
Because he says, I don't want you going around and breaking into shit, you know? So, like, does he think that this is... Like an isolated incident that it's going to Yeah, maybe. and that he's still going to keep his job as the mole security guard up until a point, maybe? I guess so. I, I honestly, maybe because we're we're veterans of zombie movies that we think... <laughs> yeah. My thought about the mall is that it has enough sustainable things as far as clothing and bedding and couches and material. The only thing Clothes, is... Clothes, at least. The, the only thing is, is that... Depending on the mall you would go to, the old, the original Donut that had like a hardware store. You don't, you're not getting a hardware store. And a supermarket too, which was great. Which is amazing. So that would be something where you may be better off going to a Costco or a Sam's Club. Oh, yes. Costco. No doors, barely any windows. And you got to check the zombies card before they come in. (laughs) Are you part of this membership? What's great about a Costco or a Sam's Club, if we're going to go off on a tangent, is that you do have those shopping carts, which can be thrown and piled up in front of the windows. You do have metal gates that go down, typically. And And, you've got food. And you've got food. You do have to worry about maybe this one, maybe very maybe one or two bathrooms in there if not i don't know about water supply but you have enough of water and stuff that would be the best place to be i mean have to live on inflatable they have inflatable uh, mattresses or something although they do have couches too some of them do so that would be i would have chosen something like that but that's also probably a really high target area for people trying to break in true because we so, saw any, what so anyway you see that they lock them up overnight cj and his goons at the time lock them up you see that luda needs to go to the bathroom and they're like this is the effing kindergarten like um, she's a pregnant woman. listen please, cj please. i would have peed about 50 times before and that, what's so. funny is then andre goes will you tell us where you'd like us to piss yeah. on the floor true which true. is so true so then it's overnight the guys everyone's we sleeping. hear zombies overnight we hear the classic banging on the wall which and, i love and the moaning of the, the zombies which is so in day of the dead when you hear the moaning of the zombies the calling of the dead all of a sudden the lights go on and everyone freaks out a little bit but it's also because everything's on an automatic timer for the mall and cj asks terry Terry, so you have cj asks terry to turn off the music and whatever so he goes down anna asserts herself is like we have to pee the bathrooms in here aren't real so he lets them out and he, david would you have just gone anyway i would if you gone. i mean i would have, I would have found a point. cup if i had to and throw <laughs> the urine on bowl. cj no <laughs> like we are in prison squatted underneath a, a salad bowl under the stairwell like <laughs> chanel he also leaves the door open and yes. there's also a part where cj he terry goes down he's like i really want a latte a mocha chai something latte and he's like the other guy's like or which is so stupid and then they do quickly but those kinds of bart characters would have said that yeah and then the other thing is that they're talking about these bart's like that fat chick at dairy queen i would have totally banged and terry's like another great part don't you realize that your mother is dead your father is dead that fat chick at dairy queen is they're all dead. dead he's like yeah that's a bummer too they don't they're not living in reality there's that disconnect with reality because either he's so stupid or doesn't want to believe a disbelief dj says america always sorts its shit out so again they think that this is going to end with our cameos from tom savini ken foray scott reinecker how do you think your god will judge you well friends now When there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. 
so this is when David, when we get the camera picking up, the truck coming that's speeding towards the mall, and we see that the characters are now released. Like you said, they're on the roof, and they're like, what are we going to do about this truck? And he's like, how would you get out? And things like that. But they end up saving these people in the truck. Well, you have CJ pointing a gun at Anna, and then you get that typical male stupidity thing where he's like, you're running your mouth. And then Bart's like, maybe we can show her to use her mouth for something else or whatever the hell it is. And she's like, get the f- gun out of my face yes yes and so yeah. and then you have a power a quick power struggle and cj and bart are taking over it was very it was very quick it was literally like michael and ken did this move and they grabbed the guns from them and they yeah the, so that but was cj that. also threatened to shoot terry yes if he did well that crossed yeah. the line too dude that was ridiculous i wonder if he really would have I done don't, it i don't though. know he i don't know but like again he was desperate taught. not to let somebody who was sick in so then you have them and he says you're gonna kill us for that he locks them in. He locks them into their the holding cell, I guess, for shoplifters. Oh, is that what it is? Like, where is this in uh, the mall? I don't know. You know the, the cage in the mall that everyone has, the prison. Lock him in the trampoline <laughs> play. See where he goes. Oh my god, the bouncy ball? That would have been yeah, great. So they have this group of people in what looks like a moving truck. It's supposedly, they said they used the same truck BP from the original Dawn of the Dead that covered, not the original truck, but the same company they said they used, BP. And this is David, Norma, the truck driver, Tucker, a survivor, Glenn, a church organist, Monica, a sexy woman, a sexy woman. That's how I want to be described in the apocalypse, (laughs) if anything. (laughs) The sexy woman, Frank, Nicole's father, Nicole, a young woman who becomes Terry's love interest, and who else we got in here? Large, large bloated woman in the- the She doesn't doesn't have a name, that's right, it's Large Marge. Tell him Large Marge sent you peewee (laughs) (laughs) and large marge in the wheelbarrow (laughs) rusty we got plenty of food and water help should be along soon (laughs) help did you hear that from the same jackass who told us to go to st verbena church downtown yeah that's the first place i went some dipshit on the radio said it was safe there he was wrong. Is that where you picked him up? Well, I get this call on the CB from that guy glancing all these folks are in the chapel. He's a priest? No, he plays the organ. I was in the neighborhood, so I picked him up. Well done. Thanks. Hey, I, I'm sorry. Excuse me. When, when you two fellas are done blowing each other, maybe Davy Crockett can tell us the deal here. So So they let them in and basically Anna triages them to see who's hurt, who's not. We have one guy has his ankle. I love that though. I love that she kicks into nurse mode. Uh, You you do. That's what you do. Oh, and we also do have one more. Steve. Steve Marcus. Who's played by Burrell from Modern Family, which is totally, totally different character considering (laughs) Steve is so abrasive. He's described as a flippant, snarky, and annoyish, foolish businessman. He comes off very sassy to me, I'll say Ty Burrell as Steve Marcus, a sassy character. See, I got him as a narcissist, an arrogant narcissist who, in spite of the fact that the world is crumbling, has not broken his persona or character of who he was before the zombies happened. I would be humbled and fear of my life. As much as I believe everything's a weapon, 
if a hundred zombies are after me, there's probably not chance for David to survive at that point. You have to be realistic. So I would go down fighting, but he, despite all this, he's still a narcissist. Despite the fact that Norma saves them and takes them from a church and brings them to another safe place, he's still ungracious, nasty. I honestly, I I have this thing where I kind of thought in my head, if I was in a if I was in the situation, I would I would beforehand, beforehand, before anybody You would lock him up in that No, cage. wait a minute. No, 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 wait a minute. What my thought was, I would have a thing with the people that were I was with my group before anybody else came and I would say, "Listen, if somebody How many people have you killed?" Some, no, honestly, something like that. I would have been like this. I would have I I would have said, "If any of these people get out of line from the beginning, I'm going to act totally nuts, put a gun to their head and tell them I'll, I'll shoot. And, and you guys don't even seem alarmed by it. Like, you know that I'm pretending to be crazy to put them in line. Because the first thing I would have done if I was Michael was slap the shit out of that man. He offends them all. He's nobody. He's a shit. And he doesn't do anything. He's like, if you're done stroking exactly. each other and I see you bonded throughout this whole thing. And he's a dick. Yes, he's the person you don't want in that group. Yeah. I would have thrown him. I would honestly, when we were leaving, I would have, if we were leaving the mall, I would have tied Oops. him up and hung him from the wall so the zombies all gathered to try to get him and I would have hightailed it out in the other entrance of the mall. Is everyone there dead? Uh, dead-ish. Is everyone there dead? Yeah, in the sense that they all sort of uh, fell down and then look for myself. not gonna make it. Got up and I'll get as far as I can. Right now it's about one foot out there. Started door. eating each other. I'll take my chances. Don't be an idiot. Kenneth is trying to go to Fort Fort Pastor Fort Pastor to meet with his brother, and basically uh, Steve says, "Well, we came from there." It's, and he's like, "What do you mean? Is everyone dead? Is everyone?" And Steve's like, "If you mean dead, like everyone's walking around, but they're eating other people." He was like a total douchebag about it, and that's again why I would have cracked him upside his head. Even Ken at that point, yeah, he's very calm. I would have did the same thing. I'd be like, "Just tell me the what the." I would have put a gun to his head and said, "You, you will not." And I, maybe that would have made me come up. <laughs> you, you will not. You, you will, will not. Co- come off as being crazy, but I would have done it, and I would have let my people know ahead of time. I'm, I'm going to. Which is actually smart. You know, you always want to put someone in like a position. I'm saying I'll play the crazy one because I am. Tomorrow you play the crazy one, <laughs> Monica. Monica. <laughs> Monica. Oh, woman. Monica. And by the way, poor Monica doesn't even get named in this movie. You just have to find out she's Monica in the credits. Poor Monica. But David, I forgot to mention, across the street, we have Andy in the gun store, in Andy's Gun Works, who befriends Kenneth on top of the mall, and they have this friendship back and forth. He's starving in that place by himself, doesn't really know too much what's going on, and Kenneth and him play games together. They use whiteboards. They use whiteboards. And there's also a point which we did not talk about when Michael kind of, when CJ was still in power, kind of hints like kind of manipulates the situation a little bit. It's like maybe we would put an SOS so people know we're in here. So they they do paint an SOS and we're alive in here. And that's where you also see Ken getting involved with Andy. And Andy is a hell of a shot. He's like a marksman. He can shoot anything, which is cool. So, But as Steve said in a nasty way, he might as well be a million miles away. There's a point in the movie where you see that Andy is starving. And he's like, well, why don't we just draw, Steve goes, why don't we just draw straws or something and let somebody run across with a ham sandwich? He's like, it's such exactly. a douche. He's such a douche. 
He is, but he is speaking the reality at that point. But honestly, is this supposed to be in modern times? I mean, maybe it was 2004. Couldn't you have a drone send over like a granola bar or something? Like a light, something light? Couldn't you find a drone inside an electronics store? Maybe like, uh, I don't know if they had drones, drones, but definitely planes, right? Electrical planes, maybe? Electronic I mean, planes. anything would have kept him sustained. A hobby store. Anything would have kept him sustained for a little bit. Or a little truck, like a remote control truck. I mean, again, there is a sea of zombies No, that would have gotten knocked over. That would have gotten knocked over. You're, uh, you're better off by air. This is not the original Dawn of the Dead. There is not even at the end. There's it's, heavy there's CGI even... going on here. Oh, I mean... <laughs> there's beyond there is beyond they all kind of do this thing you realize that nobody's the only person that was bit was the larger woman that they didn't know her name the one who insulted her weight poor woman where is when is nicole's father well that's bit? also he was he too? was bit and this shortly after so you have nicole this cute little redhead young young lady who she lost her whole family she, she lost her whole family cute. her mother her brothers and her dad was the only person left but he was bit and you realize that anna has basically said he's going to turn and Michael is like, well, we need to shoot him. And Kenneth is also in, in agreement that he's too much of a risk. And you have Anna running to tell tell him, Michael, yeah. Michael's going to kill you. Michael plans to kill you. I'm sorry, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about killing him? Would you rather we waited for him to die and then he tries to kill us? Yes, no, you, you can't kill him. He's got a daughter. I'm sorry. I don't think there's any other choice. Right. Michael, you can't do this. What if I'm wrong? You've seen it happen before. Frank? Michael's coming to shoot you. What were you talking about? You're infected. You're gonna become one of them. Is this true? Are you here to kill him? You've been bitten. It's only a matter of time. No! 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 Leave my dad alone. Go away. You can't do this. You have to understand that she's lost everyone. Her mother. Her two brothers. Oh, well, she's gone. Well, Michael, what are you waiting for? Go ahead. Kill him. They killed Tucker, too. Wait a minute. I was never bit. We can't be sure. Do it, Michael. Are you sure it's the light? No. She's sure. I'm sorry. And then you see where Michael did not lose his humanity yet, or he doesn't lose his humanity, because he realizes that he is a danger, but he's still functioning human being at the time, and he can't do that to him. So they isolate him. He says that great line, like, you want every single minute that you have, which is kind of like, I got the Roger almost vibes with Roger and Peter, you know, like Peter waiting to kill him kind of vibe. Yeah, that was the saddest part in, in the original when he goes, I'm going to try not to come back. I'm going to try not to come back that that was actually heartbreaking to hear i think so he ends up dying you end up seeing where now terry is noticing her 
and he's starting to feel like almost like he wants to protect her, which is very noble. But not every yes. wo- not every woman wants protection from a man. But it's a very they do it in a weird scene though, doesn't it? Look almost like he's like creeping, like a little bit. But he's he's watching her cry, and so I think it's a matter of him being a young man, an in- inexperienced, and just trying to you know he's attracted to her too. So let's be honest. But there's also that damsel in distress vibe, and they're two young people. They're both nice, attractive young people. They seem to have both have good hearts. It's it's a kind of a natural yes. progression yes. in the sense of as long as you. I mean, let's be honest. If you put a group of people in a in in a situation where they're locked up for an ex- an exorbitant amount of time, you have no idea, and against you know perilous odds, there is going to be some sort of camaraderie and maybe some yes. romance. And you want to have people like this, and you want to be, and it's and people. it's and she has so much loss, and he recognizes that loss. So plus, they're good looking people, man. They were good looking. Those are two cute cuties. They lucked out with that that the two single young people who are are both attractive, but Nicole cool. does do that thing at the end. We'll get to it, but that's when people start to hate her character. Yeah. So let's we'll, we'll go into that. Yeah. So then they have they're having a nice sit down dinner and they talk about their previous lives before the zombie apocalypse. Michael talks about how he was married three times. He got a pink slip every time. He was a horrible husband, but he was a really good dad, which breaks my heart because it's... I don't know how he was a horrible husband. Because his kids were dead. Because it seems like he was... He's a type of man, Michael's a type of man that's satisfied with working at a minimum minimum wage job and doesn't have any aspirations. And when you have a family, sometimes you need to make accommodations. Sometimes you have to make sacrifices, taking a job because it pays higher, even though you hate it, because you need to provide for your family, things like that. That's where I think he fell short. He's a little too nice and a little too settles for whatever can come his way as opposed to being motivated to do more. And I'm not saying you have to be a CEO of a company, but you do need to take care of your business. If you're going to have kids, you need to take care of them. They seem to have alluded to that too, because during this scene, there's more cut clips in there. And he says he had 22 jobs over the course of... Yeah, so that's why he failed. He was not a good provider. And then the lights go out, and then you find out that they have to go see like the generator in the mall, which is also, again, of part course. of that whole... The mall is self-sustaining, and, and, and there's a generator. I mean, it is, to a point, which is great. But this is where we see that it makes sense that the generators seem to be in like a parking garage which would you would think with a million zombies outside they would wander into this parking garage at some point but it was it is it up on a higher level and it's like that the gates are closed i guess it is levels i guess it is levels but this is where chippies comes in our dog you know david's favorite come on chips so sexy monica so they end up finding it they end up finding a dog they also get up being attacked by zombies bart dies because the zombie is climbing across something with a lower torso they amputee a real amputee you get a really horrible scene where they're in this kind of gated area where there's a gas pump (gasps) and they throw gas on the zombies michael shoots them with gas from a gas pump and then you see where now cj is going to come into the fold and be part of the group he says cj lighter and cj throws the lighter and you see these zombies burning up but they're also still trying to attack them it's pretty graphic it's cool though great scenes this movie has a lot of great scenes so then then we get to the whole thing with with Andre and Luda, where we see that ev- I don't know how long at this point it's been that no one's checked on these two in how long that she's gotten to this point. But okay, we'll accept it. Norma goes in to check, and she sees that in the meantime, Luda died. Andre got the zombie baby out of her, and he thinks, "You want to kill my family?" <laughs> and they have a shootout. Poor Norma. 
with her cigarette. So here's the thing. This is where there's two poles. You see that Andre has a conversation with Kenneth in the bathroom saying that he lived a bad life, but he thinks this is his second chance with this child and to take care of this child. I could see that. But you also see that typical, oh, he's an angry black man gangster who we need to stay away from because he's too, he's, he could, he kill us. He's violent. I don't know if that's meant because that's just the character or if that's meant in prejudicial sort of a way. So I don't know, but it it is what it is. Norma does get shot. He does that typical lose their mind plot line that happens in these movies, which I guess if you're fragile and this just happened to your significant other and the baby and everything, I guess I could see it. But damn, we get Norma's killed, Luda and Andre in this one scene. And this is when Anna and the group are saying, she says, I don't want to die here. Because now I realize that there are some things worse than death. And one of them is sitting here waiting to die. I don't want to die here. I saw a couple of buses in the garage. We could fix them up. We could reinforce them and then get as far from here as possible. And this is when, of course, Steve says, oh, yeah, we're just going to do a covered wagon, grab Andy, and then head on to the dock where I have a boat. So it sets up, he has a boat, and then they get this idea of, oh, maybe we can pick up Andy with the vehicles. This also reiterates the fact that you only die from being bit in this particular... Right, right. Because not everybody comes back. But in other movies, anybody that's around, including in The Walking Dead, as soon as you die, there's a time period and then you come back, regardless of... You're all infected. You all had the coronavirus. And you got the Omnicron. The Omnicron zombie. I think it's smart that they noticed that. But they also come up with this idea that because Chips, the dog, wasn't attacked in the parking garage, that the zombies aren't attracted to animals. Basically, they're just cannibal for human flesh. What do you think about that plot? I honestly prefer my zombies just ravenous because I would think, how could they... I don't know, defer the difference. So there's a point where they realize Andy is starving. They're getting ready to go. Ken says five days more on the whiteboard. And they realize that Ken will be too weak to even do anything. And he won't make it if they don't feed him something. So they do load up chips. Andy has a whistle on the other side. So he's going to call the dog. I like my zombies totally ravenous and crazy. But did you not tell me that there was also a plot where they were thinking about putting in zombie dogs to almost like a Resident Evil where chips would have been almost killed himself. You got it. You got it. She made it. She's in. Guys, I found him. I got him. He's okay. Nicole, how's Andy looking? I don't know. There's a lot of blood in here. It's everywhere. There's blood everywhere. Wait a minute. I see him. He's on the roof. He's writing something. What's it say? Tell her to get out. Guys! What's wrong? Nicole, baby, how's the truck? I'm not going back out there! Chips, be quiet! Yeah, I mean, honestly, this gave you some hope that maybe Chips would go through and he would get something to eat and then they could. And honestly, my question is, would they have been so much more apt to pick up Andy if he wasn't a great shooter, marksman, and he didn't have all those gun supplies and, and bullets? 
I think it was a lot of the point that the guns, because it definitely would help them. But I think Kenneth at that point would have tried to. Yeah, he do bonded with him. He, he lost and his it, brother. Yeah. And he knows that it's, you know, he's these people, he, they need him. And that's what Michael says when he was about to leave at some point. He's like, could really, we could really use your help. People here need you. Where do you think, though, Nicole got from the roof to down into that truck? Because wasn't that all sealed off? It's literally within seconds we see Nicole driving across the parking so, lot. Oh, here's the thing. Truck. Here's the thing. I think that maybe it's right below it, and there's like a gate that because you can drop down into the. That's how they got out, right? They crawled on the top of the truck, right onto the roof. Yeah, or, but that, or did but she open up? Was... Or did she open up the back of the truck and also the loading dock doors? I don't know. I thought she opened up the loading dock doors, but at the point there was no entrance to the front of the truck. Well, the however, doors, this so is she a had little to have gone down the ladder. However, this is a little dicey. Part of the thing, I can't. It, it is a little bit weird that she did it so quickly. It's like instantaneously. So what happens is Chips goes across. He gets in, and Andy is unable to close the little the little door in time. He gets bit, and he says he tells Kenneth, "Damn, they know how to bite. These zombies are so bad, and I'm bleeding a lot." But he's like in good spirits because he got the food, and they're like, "Should we tell him?" They're like, no. So at that point, they're ready to leave chips. Yeah, yeah, bye Girl is not. You have, you also have sexy girl. Monica. Monica yeah, saying, sex, chips, chips, chips. She's so annoyed that th- this girl, now this is what I don't understand. You know that this girl lost her mother, her brother, and, and I guess most of the other people have as well, obviously, and her father, and she bonded with this dog because it was something for nor- normality and it was a beautiful thing. So Monica is just being a bitch, to be honest with you. There is a cut scene though where it's where she says to her in one of those parts when she's complaining to her about the dog, she says, you don't do anything but do with this dog and you don't help. I told you, oh, actually, no, what am I saying? When I was watching, not you, not you, my husband, we were watching the movie together. I said, this one, all she's doing is spray painting on the truck. Yeah. So they find... <laughs> find mall shuttles they put steel on them and oh, yeah and they reinforce yes. them bob wire and everything else and she Smart. is spraying the front of the the the, the, like the plow the plow fun. like a snow yeah. plow that's on the front that they put on there and thank god cj is good with tools and cutting and measuring c's really became a valuable part of that team so i understand that because i actually said that too but when you're watching the movie and it's being cut in different like different cuts you yeah exactly you would assume you, you would assume Story. that they're all doing yeah. things to help the exactly that's why little moments even though they're cut out for time and don't really add to plot the little things like that do add it because you see that she has a problem with her and they show her working and stacking because i would not made. be mad at the fact that the girl has a dog and she loves him and she's bonded because that's the only thing she's got unless i don't know if terry's given her the little terry or not well i think terry i think her and terry because they're looking at the stars together i'm Listen, assuming that that's what they're sending out if i was with terry i'd show him the stars too he even makes coffee for them at hollow ground and you also realize that at some point in the movie they're starting to run low on supplies because there's a conversation about we ran out of this lemon stuff and try the vanilla stuff because basically they're running out of stuff so you have that where eventually you're going to run out of supplies this leads to the crew having to make this five day early journey to save her and then 
they end up having to leave because in this in the process of saving them, we see Tucker die and the zombies get into the mall. Thank God they had these vehicles somewhat ready to leave because they would have been screwed then. Another elevator scene, like David said, they're running into the elevator. And then CJ's like, I like this song. And it was, what was it? I'm all out of love. I'm so lost with The actor you. added that in. It wasn't in the script. I like that little moment. Is it Air Supply? I think Air Supply, yep. um, instrumental elevator music. That was funny. That was cute. That was a good That was a good scene. I actually really enjoyed that for whatever it's worth. It's a levity moment too yeah. in, in this moment of they're all like, holy shit, what just happened? And we see though too, CJ was dragging Terry. He didn't want to leave the guy even though his legs got broken up until the point that he was eaten. So he is more redeemed, this CJ. So I want to add something that was funny that we didn't talk about. The organ player starts talking oh, to yeah, CJ, Glenn. starts talking to CJ and Bart when they're locked Bart. up about how when he first realized he was gay because he saw some man. And then you see him trying on women's shoes at the stores. Like he had a moment to, like where he was living, living his best life. So what do you think about that? Because as gay men, I get it. It comes with the culture, but we're also trying to not stereotype that we're gay and then we're, we like to do Maybe drag. Maybe he does well. like to do drag. Maybe that's him. I guess you could read into it being a little too stereotypical i've never put on a woman's shoe first of all i could not fit in a woman's shoe with these 13 plus size feet of mine fred flintstone feet but i do like when i have my cowboy boots on they give me a little bit of a heel to give me a little spring in my step well that is nice too because a nice heel is good especially if you have to attack somebody but he puts on old women well he's old he's an organ player for a church listen monica should have hooked him up with a red pump or something like and that listen she to gave me. him a total listen makeover to me. M O N I C A trying to take my man away from me. M O N I C A trying to take my man away from me. Monica, Monica, oh Monica. There's also a song, Get Down With The Sickness, and a jovial sort of way. You see Steve having sex with Monica. You see you have him doing all these different, like, how they're living before this whole incident. Yes, the, the mall montage. Yeah, the mall the montage. famous so, mall montage. They get separated because Terry doesn't go with his girl because they get to such a rush job. They go in, and they end up breaking through the mall instead of opening the damn gate. I guess they didn't have time. Would these actually move, David, in the sheer amount of bodies that are there? Well, they did, yes, they did they have got to it. explode and damn i mean damn there is a lot of zombies in this thing they start the chainsaw which as soon as you heard that right and go faster you knew something was going to happen with these chainsaws i right i mean as soon as they set this up and why does it have to be why did it have to be glenn that chainsawed this monica and how is it that it's still going once it started wouldn't you have pushed up like they were getting thrown around up oh. a little oh oh so they get through they're they're stuck in a crowd cj attaches a flare to a propane tank and shoots and it explodes the zombies and they all fall down but they started to get well, back thankfully up. muscle man zombie lifts they, it yeah, up they're, because they're, they're, they're starting to get up and they end up plowing through going through the town or city you see that at some point there's a zombie stuck on the side of the which to me honestly Buzz. 
why did he make such a big issue about that? I would have drove in close to our destination and waited exactly. for the zombie to fall off. It wasn't getting in. Exactly. So they end up flipping exactly. flipping the van because of this stupid zombie thing and killing people because of the stupid zombie thing. The one zombie. Let the zombie hang until you get to your destination. Exactly. They just got through a zillion of them. What's exactly. one hanging on? What is he going to do? He can't get in. So anywho, they go back and you see that Monica... And Glenn. Glenn is dead, and you see that Kenneth is kind of dazed, but trying to get out of the driver's seat. And you see that Steve leaves him and shuts the door. Yeah, he's he's, he's loading his gun, and then you see blood dripping on Steve, and then you see a zombie attack him. Now you have Anna, Mike, Terry, and CJ. CJ that come back to get the rest of the crew. I guess Nicole too is in there. N- Nicole actually, made yeah. it. Yeah, guys got out. So you see them coming out. They're all running to the, the one vehicle that's left. And then you see Anna darts back. Here she goes thinking again. Miss Keys herself. She sees Zombie Steve and she plugs him right away. And, and Kenneth is like, damn. Because she could tell she was happy with that kill. So anyway, she, they all run to the to the van. And then she runs back because she realizes keys, keys, keys. Uh, she almost gets taken. She does this kind of roll thing. She does her best, yeah, she does. She does her best He-Man yeah. sheer roll, twist, turn, whatever she's doing. Yeah, this is a He-Man's role. And then she gets <laughs> on the she and Mike grabs her. Michael grabs her, and they get in and they start racing towards the pier. And dawn. And dawn. And then they break through the pier gates and they literally plow into the pier and they start like the planks start coming up because the truck is literally veering into it. They they get out, except for CJ, who's, who realizes the zombies are coming. He's trying to hold them off. He's like, he'll be there in a minute. Unfortunately, CJ gets trapped. Of redemption arc, for sure. He ends up taking out the, the zombie horde by blowing up a big, big tank of propane inside the, the car as he's being eaten. And then you see them getting to the boat. They start taking off, and you see Michael does not get on the boat as they're leaving. And you do realize that at that point that Michael, when Anna was running with the keys, trying to, he grabbed her, he got bit by a zombie. If you look at that scene, I'm surprised that there wasn't more bites or Anna didn't get bit as well because they are really surrounded. And then you see, and you she see Anna desperate, I can help you, I can help you. He's like, you can't, you can't. You also see Michael not having a gun in his hands and then it cuts away and it comes back and he has a gun in his hands. I noticed for the first time. So they they get on a boat. Michael says, I just want to see in the background, you see like the the explosion kind of stop the zombies from being able to get any closer from the pier. And you see Michael say, I think I'm going to sit here and just watch the sunrise. And then you hear a gunshot later on because, you know, he's changing into a zombie at that point they're taking off in the boat for an island so do you like to cut the movie at this point or do you, i mean i always yes. end up watching yes it. Yeah, i'm gonna tell you why because they go in an island you see that they are experiencing like engine fires and failure of the boat and they end up going to an island and of course chips jumps out of the boat and run to this island and all of a sudden you see zombies coming out and then all of a sudden you pan to you see zombies fighting and like going back and forth and like flashes of zombies all over the place you never really see and you hear ken say get behind me you never really see how many zombies there were the 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 whole point of this was that there's a there's islands out there that probably have a small population of people where they could take out the zombies if there is any and be able to survive there so these zombies are all chomping and biting and you hear the song by disturbed down with the sickness and they allude to the fact that they're going to be killed. Now, here's this... Because the camera drops, but... But here's two things. One, as much as I would want to get off the boat, I would have dropped anchor out from shore a little bit. Two, 
why would you have all gotten off the boat? If Chips jumped off, I would have let Chips jump because he's the one that doesn't get yes, bit. Yes, because they don't eat them. And either. if zombies exactly. came out, let them come out to see who's going to come. So they leave you with despair. And that's what I don't like. Even in the original Dawn of the Dead, you know, when Fran goes up in the plane with Peter, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, the silver lining. You see it, the, the sun rising and the cloud. And he's like, he's like, how much gas do we have? And she's like, not much. She's like, okay. Let's do this. So my belief is that there wasn't a lot of zombies. They end up killing them and they survive. That's my hope. But the movie makes you believe that it doesn't happen that way. And it's and everything is screwed, which really messes with me because I like a little bit of a happy ending or a chance, a chance. So that's it. I mean, there is a chance because you didn't see the characters die on camera. But a lot of people say that this shows that they all died. But like David's saying, there's always a possibility. And at one point they were thinking of a sequel. So this was kind of added in later on after the movie was filmed. So I'm assuming that they were going to, some of them were going to survive, at least Ving Rhames probably and Sarah Polly. But yes, if you want the movie to have a quasi happy ending, you could stop it when Michael kills himself and they're pulling away and Anna's just looking at the, the sky and it ends that way. That way you get the ambiguous, they just sailed off like the people from Day of the Dead and had some babies. <laughs> oh man, so Radical Ones. This is one of our favorite genres of course so this one we definitely had a lot to say david i think it still stands up as a great remake it looks great still i mean it's only been 2004 but it's my god it's 20 years (laughs) almost (laughs) soon soon 20 years so yeah like it's 18 years old right now about 18 years old oh my god So that is another episode of the Radical Retro Rewind podcast. You can always find David at Universal Appeal 2020, one word. And he might be changing that to Sexy Monica. (laughs) Chip! Chips! Chips. 2020! Chips! Radical ones. Let me tell you something. Four-legged animals are a lot more loyal than a lot of the two-legged animals that I know. Just putting it out there. If that ain't the truth. And you can always reach the Radical Retro Rewind podcast one word on Instagram as well as YouTube. And all summer long, we're continuing the summer of the dead. So of the dead. Oh, 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 oh. The dead. That sounded like the count. One, two, three. Here it comes. Get ready to die. Get ready to when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.